plan course for the American operation White Awake. Uh, not so long ago, uh, it's an organization that con contributes to developing and negotiating positive, progressive ways of being a Euro descendant today. Um, uh, I was teaching a class and, and there was this young American who asked me what to do about the fact that white supremacists are mining his Irish heritage. And um, uh, I answered as best I could in that limited amount of time and, and space, but his question kind of stuck with me. So if you're still out there somewhere or if other people might be interested, I'm just going to try to give you a little bit more full answer. Now I'm working with and bent towards the Nordic tradition and boy do we know the right wing slash Nazi problem. You know, uh, it's such an overwhelming and constant condition that you're working from that a lot of people just seem to be denying it, actually, perhaps as a way of coping or something, telling themselves that they are unpolitical, for instance, and then they don't need to even think about or deal with the, pro the problem. And this problem is, in fact, quite a lot big bigger than it might appear to most people. Uh, the reason is that the world is broken, and an important part of uh, the course is that White people are depending on living in modernity, a way of seeing the world that insists on the world being a dead exterior resource storage. And this is a system of abusive patterns that, are, that flow from that, uh, that we can negotiate our culture away from through dialoguing with past culture. But this dialogue is closed down and effectively, uh, you know, marginalized if you're Descendant traditional culture is encased in cultural associations with right-wing stuff that no sane, decent person will ever touch with a 10-foot pole, right? Hence, the Nazi mining of Euro-descendant traditionalism is actually an urgent intersectional struggle in order to also deconstruct whiteness, actually, and produce culture of land connectedness and kinship with the, the living world for half a billion Euro-descendants. So it's a really important issue, actually. And uh, here, here's my own story and kind of suggestions for how to at least begin resisting. Um, it's probably only part of an answer, and other people might have other productive ang angles, but I think it does, you know, give a bit of a beginning, perhaps. Some years ago, uh, myself, Dr. Michias Norvik, and the English scholar Ross Downing, uh, primarily us, also a little bit of other folks around, but we started to think about what the fuck to do about the, as we saw it, advancing right extremist ownership of Nordic heritage. And I'll get back to exactly what we did. But first, uh, I just want to describe to you the landscape that you are operating in if you're trying to bring left-wingers together around, well, probably any kind of prop, uh, project. So I'm just going to use the whiteboard here. So here you have socialists, and uh, they are divided between anarchists and less anarchists, perhaps more Marxist, and they've been warring against each other since the Spanish Civil War, and they see each other as more evil than the fascists. Here we have the Wokeans, uh, who consider the socialists to be structural racists, and in turn the socialists accuse the Wokeans of disregarding economic power symmetries as long as the pigmentation of the oppressor match the Wokean ideals. The Wokes probably have their own little infights, you know, um, though it seems uh, as though there's some sort of solidarity between uh, anybody who is um, uh, resisting um, 
normative subjectivities and these kind of things. The works are probably also in a continuum, continuum with um, uh, empowerment groups of different kinds, indigenous empowerment, decolonizing, black empowerment, and so on. Right? Uh, then there are the, we have the feminists down here. They also have different groups and different consecutive waves, you know, such as pro-sex feminists who do twerking as a feminist manifestation and other feminists who want those ones shot against a wall, right? There are also the queer feminists somewhere in here and there's some sort of rift between some specific queer feminists and some specific old school feminists. You know, I, I barely know exactly what it's about. I just move as silently, as quickly as I can backwards towards the nearest ex exit whenever those fights take off, right? Uh, then there are here perhaps the sustainability climate crew, which is in a some sort of a continuity to want more so towards more sort of nature based um, biodiversity oriented crew uh, some of them are probably leaning towards ways of living kind of off grade sustainable off grid sustainable living food sovereignty food sovereignty uh, regenerative farming permaculture all these kind of things. They're probably not always aligned, these different agendas here. Uh, particularly not if you move all the way into perhaps animal rights or something like that, which uh, can sometimes be a rather uh, different agenda completely of its own. Then here we have what we could call spiritual people of sorts. Um, they are probably a continuum towards what we could call perhaps fruitcakes. Uh, you know, all kinds of crazy mavericks that don't fit perhaps in any particular categories here. And today there's even a, an, an interface here uh, between New Age and uh, actual outright sort of uh, positions. There's this weird interface that has emerged uh, today. I probably forgot somebody in this whole landscape here, but you sort of get the idea. Everybody's fighting and being leftist is being critical being radical is being radically critical. And that means, as someone has pointed out, that when the left is shooting at the enemy, they are standing in a circle. You see, this is their guns here. Here we have a, the typical leftist battle formation, right? But I should also be mentioned that probably all of these things, some of them flow together. Wokians would often also be feminists and yeah, into all kinds of things. And the socialists will often also be Wokins or uh, into sustainability and so on. In this uh, situation here, you also have general, general trends such as narcissism, uh, radicalism, Counterculture, and borderline personality disorders of different kinds. There's a general trend today for like radical idiosyncratic narratives to uh, basically lend their language to all kinds of psychiatric shit. Um, yeah. Now, the people that you're looking for 
to sort of unite into your project. Here's the thing, you know, they will be located all over this sort of uh, environment here. Probably a lot of them will be fruitcakes. And, uh, you know, uh, some of them will be crazy, some of them will not be crazy, but just have very strong opinions about stuff. A person, you know, a person for five years online and suddenly realize that you stepped over some idiosyncrasy and then you receive a, a, a shitstorm. The idea that you will be able to bring all these people into one little jar here. Let's imagine a little jar. You know, it has a lid and it's a little container and it has a label on it where there's a star that represents some sort of ideology. There's a party program and a manifesto and whatnot. You know, it's not going to work. <laughs> that jar is going to explode. So here's what Matthias uh, Rostaning and I did in the Nordic field um, uh, in order to sort of get anything positive out of this carnival here. Um, and uh, uh, one thing we did was we looked at our enemy to see what worked. Extreme right is organic, it's non-dogmatic, it's pragmatic. They're composed by decentralized networks and they use their strengths, popularism, you know, intuitive appeals to specific sets of established ideas, intuitive appeal to you know, normative sexualities and so on. These are cards that they do have on their hands and they do play them, right? And, uh, when they work well, then they play these cards well. So we thought, what are our strengths as leftists? Well, one strength is uh, scholarship. Uh, another thing, another is intelligence. They don't always match those two, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's a bit like sustainability and biodiversity. Um, and, um, and But these are classical uh, strengths of the left. High intelligence and rootedness in millennia of reflection. You know, uh, when, of course, the left doesn't become hysterically idiosyncratic and start shooting at itself. Um, and uh, perhaps a little bit pretentiously, uh, we actually thought of what we did in the analogy with the American Civil Rights Movement, where you have like people of very different background and competences that working together in all kinds of myriads of ways. You can have like a philosopher who would be working together with a musician who barely knows how to read. You know, very different kinds of people linking together uh, towards uh, a, a common goal, right? So the model that I had in mind for this, even from the beginning, was this. The spider web, um, the pattern of creation there where People are linking with each other rather than trying to crawl into the same jar. Uh, in, in concrete terms, we formed some discussion forums, some for scholars ex exclusively, some for scholars and different kinds of producers of culture, and uh, we ran rather strict cancel culture on that on those spaces. Uh, who was included uh, was really politically policed, uh, but in itself it, itself it was only about getting people to talk, basically getting people exchanging ideas, building on building on all these connections and building these connections in the first place in order to start 
producing culture in order to start producing um, knowledge, you could say. Uh, the weakness of much of the left wing is that it can only say no. It's absolutely based on critical deconstruction, for instance, deconstruction of power symmetries and power structures. But that also means that there's only breaking down. There's no building at all, unfortunately. And we want to, want to reverse this completely doomed trend uh, and actually start to produce positive thinking and, and, and dialogue. Uh, some of this worked fine and some of it worked less fine and so on. But uh, the main Facebook group that we made back then... Um, uh, we created a Facebook group for non-racist scholars with attachment to Nordic polytheism. That uh, has run now for seven years. Uh, and it's a very lively but rather small forum of about 170 individuals, actually. And um, uh, I think that's a, a good way to start. You know, create rooms for debate. Make them closed and make them dominated by fucking adults. Nobody can think talk, reflect, if you simultaneously have to find, fight, you know, some proud boys, QAnon, drooling, climate denialists, you know, uh, nutballs, right? Or indeed, if you have to deal with hordes of uh, overwoke uh, 21-year-olds in lynch mob modes who are trying to overdo each other in portraying their moral superiority, right? You know, we have a highly polarized uh, uh, political uh, space today and we actually need to control both sides so, um, Wokeans are really important they say really important things but unfortunately their culture their internet culture has wavered further and further towards these very aggressive almost like white nationalist styles of aggressive idiotic behavior and that needs to be uh, that, that sort of negative side of them needs to be uh, um, kept in a short lease if you want a healthy respect based anti-racist empowerment movement paradoxically it, uh, it should have been the very <laughs> very purpose of it but it's actually uh, an a priori truth that you cannot build something for instance empowerment by only criticizing and saying no you know so um, uh, so yeah that's uh, and but when you're building up your network here be strategic be strategic get the people who do know how to build some little uh, organization here, you know, people who, people who do that and who do it well, you know, um, some corner of the landscape, you know, in fact, this is a rather, uh, important thing to do, you know, uh, boost your credibility in all the ways that you can, uh, establish voices, right? I've done this myself, established a voice, uh, all these, here the convergence point, you know, and, and, and you can create a little voice that, you know, put out, puts out ripples here. Um, but I want to direct your attention to my friend Matthias Norvik's uh, podcast, the Nordic Mythology podcast, where he's talking basically to people all over the, the, the milieu and listening to them and chatting with him and chatting with them. And it's uh, uncompromisingly anti-racist. It's such a good and effective way of operating, you know, um, um, uh, I'm just creating one little voice, and from my perspective, of course, it looks like this. From somebody else's perspective, it it, it looks like that. What a one powerful node, you know. Is, is, is this is also very much worth doing. But Matthias is basically working through the entire 
network using his weight and credibility as a senior scholar and as a nice guy to basically give everybody a voice. And I think it's a very effective and, and, and positive thing that he's doing there. So people is giving other people a voice and he has probably made mistakes, you know, in his uh, collaboration uh, there with Daniel Ferrand. But the entirety of what these guys are doing is a very uh, uh, powerful, I think, networking thing. Uh, an important thing about networking is synergies give stuff to people. Reciprocity is always your friend. If you're building up a platform, for instance, then people will start having an interest in being shared by, portrayed by you. Then you're giving people something, right? And that's a very positive thing. And here's an example of how I, I tried doing that myself. Uh, the Nordics area has always been howling and whining about how Nazis are mining our cultural heritage. But rarely anybody has really done anything kind of target, targeted about it, at least not that I've seen. And uh, I did the following. I launched a very consistent and very worked through analysis of the raven flag, this Viking uh, symbol of a uh, raven on a flag, right? And that symbol had already been somewhat a little bit tainted, I think, by right extremism, but it hadn't been completely lost, like, say, the swastika. Swastika is lost, right? So I had worked with professional graphic designers to help me make it so it looks powerful and strong and uh, I already had a little web shop uh, and before publishing it I liaised with good people all over the planet and sort of got them on board with the project of owning the raven flag you know through this new and rather strong analysis strong enough in fact that I'm, I'll be presenting the research groundwork for it at the Aarhus Mythology Conference here in 2022 that's the most prestigious conference on, on Nordic myth. So if you launch something like that, very strong analysis with very strong um, uh, graphic uh, expression, you know, professional people working on it, then, you, then you're putting out a powerful, um, uh, uh, materializing a powerful thing there. So I had the Raven flag. I gave a lot of them away, you know, to activists all over the planet, you know, and, uh, and and told them, hey, give me some imagery back when you're using this and you, your activism, you know, and I got some Im imagery back, you shared some of it on my profile, you know, and, uh, and and the thing is that the people who are on board with this analyst analysis, they thought it was cool and they wanted to use the Raven flag and they are then happy to be shared by me. So the people who vibe with my analysis, they share it, I share them, that enforces them and it enforces the use of the Raven flag and it consolidates this as this new culture. It consolidates also me, of course. And uh, so there's this reciprocal operation where it's really the link with somebody else that's, uh, that's bringing the power and it's super productive, right? And therefore, it's also important to have a certain measure of tolerance. Like, you will sometimes think, what a shithead. But the thing is that we're all kind of shitheads sometimes, you know, from some perspective. And people are not shitheads. They just sometimes act like that. And if you link with them in other, way -wise, other ways, they can actually be good people. So it's also important to control your own judgmentalism a little bit. Um, people might appear to you to be useless hoobleheads in some respects, but really valuable others in other respects. We are like that, you know. So see the good in people, uh, you know. And, that, uh, and, and the good in people is their potential for doing something in this, this network that you're 
that you are building up. Uh, struggle also to control your own narcissist tendencies. The more you can create away from yourself, the better, right? That uh, very strong dynamic, uh, dynamism in that. Um, struggle to control your own idiosyncrasies. You might radically disagree with someone about stuff, uh, but the person is the person still a good person? Yeah, probably yes. Is it really worth losing an ally over your idiosyncrasy? Probably not. Probably the person can still generate positive uh, 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 stuff going on in a different part of the, the network. Uh, and uh, w one example of this is that that when we created the the uh, this scholar group, Academic Heathens, then we thought about it as anti-racist run, but non-racist in the uh, in practice, right? And the, the difference is important. Um, uh, I, I actually agree with the, um, uh, and I'm pretty sure Ross Downing and Matthias was the same. We agree with uh, what's her name now, Angela, uh, Angela something, the African American uh, activist who says that it's not enough to not be racist. You have to be an anti-racist because if you're just non-racist, you are in fact just building on systems that are already defined by racism. So, so you have to have an active edge against it. However. Uh, Strategically, we thought we don't, uh, we're not going to be able to reach people if we demand anti-racism. So we rested with non-racism, which is a very different demand, actually. Uh, and, uh, uh, and when th this was just a demand for inclusion in that group, you know. But it's an example of like taking your own idiosyncrasy and pulling it a, a couple of steps backwards uh, in order to uh, basically for strategic reasons. Um, another recommendation, I think, is to not be afraid of economy and professionalizing. Uh, some leftists, you know, they're so fucking above everything that their feet don't touch the ground. And uh, trying to survive out of producing something, you know, that you're educated to do is not an evil thing. You know, trade is not an evil thing. It's not capitalism to be, for instance, selling stuff that you make. That's trying to survive. Uh, and at some point, uh, Matthias Norvig, he discovered this Daniel Ferrand, who's a businessman, and he has a web shop. Uh, and well, he's, uh, he sticks non-white models in his Viking stuff and in his kind of profile. profile. And we thought, awesome, you know, that's the kind of people that we like. And we put our voices behind that guy immediately. And Matthias even started this collaboration with Daniel that I, I mentioned here. Does Daniel have an interest in all that? Yes, of course he has. And that's not necessarily evil or low or something. In fact, it's a relation. It's, it's, it's building an actual relation between perhaps Matthias and Daniel when they have interest in, and there is actually exchange being produced there. And perhaps that should also sometimes be controlled a little bit, economic interest, but I think it should be embraced while being controlled rather than being rejected. Uh, working without having an interest in stuff is ultimately a pubertarian fantasy, I think. Uh, so don't be too afraid of professionalizing yourself. Of course, do it cautiously and with a strong um, uh, consciousness about what it is you're doing. You know, But if you're working a contemporary career, you're likely you are working at a frenzied pace. But what if you make this your career? Right? Then you can work on a frenzied pace on this 
you move this from being a hobby to being your work. Now, one individual successfully doing that is a rather powerful thing. It's a rather powerful thing. Um, I have almost succeeded in doing that with some backing from, you know, the remnants of a socialist system in Denmark and combining web shops and giving courses and online seminars and Patreon and, 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 and these kind of things. I'm generating income for my work in producing a voice. Uh, that's my goal, right? I'm not really there yet, but I'm getting there. There might be different ways of doing this, of course. You know, one thing that, that I did is that I really like making things and I believe in things. I believe in objects. Something being physically, materially manifest is actually powerful medicine. There's a magic in there compared to thoughts and online images. That's just air, you know. So I started doing nice things, nice objects. Don't just slam your contribution, your analysis of some pagan calendar or something like that in a blog post post somewhere. Nobody will read it. You know, make a fucking awesome, you know, fetish object. You know, like a uh, like these calendars, these calendars of, of Nordic animism that that uh, that we make. Uh, you know, and 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 when you make something, then don't hold it too close to the chest. Involve people. You know. When we have images from artists all over the, the network that we bring into the uh, Nordic animist calendar, then this is reciprocity again. There's an exchange with us and people all over the network. We show their work and they're happy to be part of something awesome and awesome and then share our page. And this is linking. This is networking. And, it, and I think this networking-based operation has showed to be somehow effective in, in doing stuff, you know, like... Owning a symbol, right? And you can do stuff like this. This is the pride raven flag, you know, the pride version of the raven flag. Um, uh, this is just putting out something that I actually think and believe in. In this case, sexual inclusivity. I actually even think there's an, uh, I have an analysis where the raven symbol is, uh, is, is seen as partly a, an expression of cosmic queerness and stuff like that. And when you put out stuff like this, then the right people will like it and the right people will hate it. And uh, that gives you an opportunity to cancel a lot of people. You know, if you create a powerful voice, there's always a chance that people will come over here from Nazi land and start leeching on your, on your stuff. And that's important to avoid. So there's a lot of people that you, uh, it's important to, 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 to block people liberally. Um, I've done that a lot. And, um, and, uh, uh, this is also, uh, part of it, not part of, for instance, trade, not being capitalist. If it was capitalist, you wouldn't give a shit. If, if, if what you produce is actually bolstering Nazi uh, self-image and culture, right? You wouldn't give a shit about that, but I certainly do. In fact, that's part of the point. So, uh, so, uh, so, uh, so, and that means that what right-wingers call virtue signaling is actually really important. It's really important to go out and say, well, here you have uh, 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 sexual inclusivity, you know, uh, and that's important, actually, in order to to um, uh, safeguard what you're doing here for basically being leached and uh, and uh, mined by the by the wrong people. So yeah, that's my suggestion. 
uh, unless it is really, really your forte, and unless you have a very specific objective or perhaps a local group or something like that that you want to do. In those cases, definitely go do make organizations and all that. In fact, that's a really important thing to do that because it is also embodied realness that somebody makes a local um, organization. Uh, however, if this is not your forte and you don't have this, then this networking is a really positive and power, powerful way of uh, of um, operating. Cool. So create networks, make debate rooms, include important people, um, police them. You know, link people with each other. You know, a connection that happens away from yourself. Is, and, and that you're not a part of between two good people is a real achievement, I think. Create voices, you know, uh, that give people stuff. Don't just criticize and be strategic about posing your voice. Uh, I mean, of course, you have to be strategic. You think the, the, the right wing is not being strategic? <laughs> of course, if you have an education, high education, you know, you play that card. If you are an actual Nordic person with a Viking-sounding name and shit, you play the fucking card, even in order to deconstruct it afterwards. Uh, you produce culture, you know? Producing culture, that's what will eventually uh, uh, bring the future, not just uh, saying no to stuff or infighting in futile attempts to create uh, little uniform groups that uh, agree completely with you and all that. So yeah, I hope this was of some help. Thanks for listening and see you around. My name is Rune Jane Rasmus. The work that I'm sharing with you on this channel focuses on recovering Euro-traditional animist knowledge. This is the fruit of a life of study and research all over the world and I hold a doctorate from the oldest university in the Nordic region, but I'm choosing to popularize rather than to focus on academic publication. Conventional institutions, however, have yet to warm up properly to my perspective so if you appreciate what i do then please do consider that i also need to feed my family uh, for the price of less than one beer per month you can become a patron supporter or you can head over to my web shop and enter into exchange relation with me you can also give single donations to my paypal account or if you have contact with someone that might help me project this incredibly important perspective to the world then do drop me a pm and uh, remember also to clickety-click and subscribe, follow, share, comment and all that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh-huh.